Hey, this is Weebcast, the number one anime and manga show on the internet, on the in the world. Maybe let's just let's just go out there. I think we're big enough, right? We're almost we're gonna be hitting 70 episodes in a few weeks. Why not go out and say that we're the number one anime and manga show in the world? And it's your boy C Dub, aka Marie, aka the Independent Variable, aka the man who's drinking Monster like it's 2012. Welcome to the show, and I am glad to have you here. I got a lot of things I'm going to get into today. Uh, mainly due to Kaizen and the Shibuya arc, and I'm going to be talking about that and a little bit about its com- uh, comparing it to Hunter Hunter and its uh, Chimera Ant arc. But before I get into all that, I do want to start off the show and talk about a legend in the world of manga and it's just in pop culture of anime and manga in general, and that is uh, Kento, uh, Kentaro Miura. It was announced a few days ago via the uh, Hakusensha homepage that the legendary Berserk manga creator Kentaro Miura has passed away at the age of 54 due to acute aortic uh, dissection. Kento Miura was born in Chiba, Japan on 11th of July 1966 and made his manga debut with the series Futatabi in Kodansha's Weekly Shonen Jump magazine in 1985. Um, yeah, when I saw this about a few days ago, I... I it, it's one of the few deaths, you know, non unrelated to, you know, if you take out family ones and friends, that truly struck me a little bit as surprising, out of nowhere, saddening. Um, one of the few ones that will have you sit down for a few minutes and just kind of think on how a how a Japanese man who wrote, who, who drew and wrote a manga affected you. And and this death has not only affected me, but thousands and hundreds of thousands and probably millions of people around the world uh, connected to him and his legendary works, namely Berserk. Um, I do want to get into a few statements. Um, a few statements from the Haku, uh, a statement from Haku Central Corporation themselves. A statement from the Young Animal editorial team. Young Animal uh, is where Young Animal. Young Animal is the, um, uh, the 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 magazine that that has Berserk uh, published on its pages. I want to get to a, a small and a very sincere uh, statement from George Morikawa, uh, the writer and artist for Hajime no Ippo. Uh, firstly. But before I before I do those statements real quick, Kentaro Miura had a transcending career since having Berserk published in Hakusensha's monthly Kami Kami magazine in 1988. The series then went to a full-scale manga series in the following year of 1989 in Hakusensha's monthly Animal House magazine. The series continued in Young Animal magazine all the way through today. Since its inception, the series has sold over more than 40 million copies. And let's, I want to start with the George Morikawa. Um, or no, I'm sorry, I want to start with the Hakusensha Corporation and their statement uh, on their homepage, actually. Uh, the, and, it's, and it, as it states, manga artist Kentaro Miura passed away at 2.48 p.m. on 6th. May 6th of 2021 due to an acute aortic dissection. He was 54 years old. 
we'd like to express our deepest respect and gratitude for Mr. Mira and his work and pray for his soul. The farewell ceremony was held privately with his family. Mr. Miura wrote Berserk and many other popular works for Hockey Century across many years. Currently, he was still writing Berserk for Young Animal, and since the year before last, he has been writing Duranki for Young Animal Zero. We'd like to express our deepest gratitude for all our readers for, for reading Mr. Miura's works, and we'd like you to inform of, of his passing. Um, the, the, uh, the Young Animal Editorial to team one of the magazines for Haku Sensha uh, wrote a, had wrote a statement as well, uh, which was also on the Haku Sensha um, homepage. The editorial team of Young Animals deeply saddened by the sudden news of Mr. Kentaro Miura's death. What we do? What what should we do to accept this unacceptable fact? To be honest, we can't find the words. All we can remember are the smiles on his face when he met people from the editorial department. And how he was always cheerful and happy to talk about his favorite manga, anime, and movies. We have never seen him angry. He always looked like a happy boy. We would like to ask all the fans and people involved to imagine his happy smile and join the Young Animal editorial team in praying for his soul to rest in peace. Thank you for your kind support. Um, and then, sorry. I'd like to hear more of these stories because I didn't really know the man all that much, you know. I think, and I'm probably not alone in that. For people who 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 um, just reads manga in general, who, re- who really really loves manga, and and someone who the sur- uh, really only knew him for Berserk. Um, I was reading Duranki though a little bit in the other Hakusensha magazine that they publish in Young Animal Zero, which. I thought it had some legs to it and had some potential as well to become pretty well known. Um, it's just, it just strikes me as it's just impossible. I just didn't, as it's, it's just, it's supremely unreal. And I think even George Morikawa, someone who knew the man incredibly well, whose careers are uniquely tied as friends and and creators artists and writers which I'll get into in a minute actually right now um, George Morikawa the creator of Hajime no Ippo um, on his Twitter account had a had a message had a little little memorial message um, to not only to mourn but also to celebrate Kento Miura's Kentaro Miura's life um, I might, I might, I might share the the tweet somewhere when I have the episode come out, or I'm sure you guys have already seen it as well. But um, George Morikawa has a picture of Takamura, one of the char- seminal characters of Hajime no Ippo, and it's drawn by Kentaro Miura himself. And, and I will read his statement right now, as it states. I'm feeling quite sentimental right now, so let me share a memory with you. When I was in trouble because I didn't have any staff for my first weekly series, he came to me for help. He came to me to help me. He was 18 and I was 19. He was an art student at university and came to me with a sketchbook in his hand after a lecture. 
I didn't know how well he could draw, so I showed him one of my drawings and asked him to make it look like his, um, like this one. And I was astonished at the result. He was so experienced for his age. After a few drawings, I was already intrigued by him. We were still young, and we shared conversations about manga. I asked him to show me his sketchbook, which I had been curious about, and when I opened it, I was even more astonished and got goosebumps. It was a fairy, a brand, and a swordsman with a big sword. It later became Puck and Guts from Berserk. The thick pencil drawing was overwhelming. What is all this, I asked. It's all the stuff in my head. I'd like to draw it again after I get better, Kentaro replied. And then George Morikata went, how long have you been working on it? Well, Berserk was already there in that sketchbook. Months passed and, and I started serializing Hajime no Ippo. And almost at the same time, Berserk was released. I had some stories about the difficulties with the series, but I was convinced. He had started a manga that would definitely be popular. Kentaro had judged himself to be getting stronger, and he had started the series with a full head of steam. I was sure that the world would be astonished as I was. That's exactly what happened. It's a series with superb drawing ability and full-bodied screens i have nothing but respect for the energy that goes into each issue that's the end of the story i heard that he cared about me during that time i'm proud to have met him too i'm sorry for talking on our line kentaro kun i'll come back to read the final installment someday sorry for the typos and omissions um the manga industry has lost a legend and with the passing of kentaro miura and all of us who have read Berserk, who read his previous works, and who read even his the other work he was working, uh, uh, Doraki, in the other magazine. And here at Weepcast, send his family hit our condolences. Now, uh, let's get let's just move on to the show and some more positive things. Uh, get ready for the classic Heyo, and we'll get this thing started. Hey, yo, what's up, buddy? Welcome back. Hey, this is Weebcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is your boy, C-Dub, and I hope you guys are having a great time. Um, how have you been? Let me know. Let me know how you've been this month. This The month of May has uh, been rolling like a stone down a, 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 a grassy hill because it is almost over, it feels like, right? We got about a week left, a little over a week left in this, so... Um, God, it's comfortable. I did get my second COVID shot. Uh, by the time of this recording, it should be a few days after that. It should be about three or four days since I got that. So there's that with me. Um, it, it and I was I was heard there was supposed to be a lot of you know side effects after the second shot and all that. So far, it's just been a lot of weakness, a lot of sleepiness. I've been low energy a little bit. Um, but other than that, nothing too serious. Thank uh, thank goodness for that. Um, Hey, let me know if you guys are, if you guys have been vaccinated or not, and if you've been feeling okay. Hopefully, hopefully nothing terrible. If you have received the uh, vaccinations, um, or just let me know how you're doing in general these days in the month of May. <laughs> the weather is getting warmer, um, at least here on the East Coast. Here, um, we've been seeing some 80 degrees, almost 90 degree weather. It's been, uh, which is a little annoying, but. 
it is what it is. Because um, all I'm happy about, because I get to talk about some Jutsu Kaisen today. A little bit of Hunter Hunter as well. Not a little bit. But a moderately amount of Hunter Hunter and a lot of Jutsu Kaisen. Um, I mean, as long as this series is going to be going on, it's going to draw, it's going to continue to get compared to that. Uh, which is not a bad thing. Trust me on that. It's not a bad thing. Before we get into that, though, I do want to talk about today's sponsor because that is very important, and that is Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screen? Well, Baxter Blue glasses are not your average frame because these blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light and eliminating 99% of that glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever, and I should know, because over the past year since starting this podcast, I have been watching anime and reading manga on my, uh, on my many devices so, 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 so much, just to create some of these cool episodes for you guys, and uh, yeah, some of that uh, screen watching has gone into the uh, wee hours of the day, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the dark, so... Trust me, our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. But Baxter Blue is a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age and our Weebcast listeners are getting 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids glasses. All you have to do is click the link in my show notes for your exclusive discount. Look, this is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love Baxter's, and we know that you will feel the difference. Um, Now, I'm glad. I'm so glad to do this. Good talk about Jujutsu Kaisen. I should have done done this about like a month ago, to be honest. But... uh, Look, better late than never, right? Is that what is that what we say, right? So, as I take an unprofessional sip, my monster, I've not done that in a while. I've not done that in a few in several episodes. I'm glad I got to do an unprofessional sip. Um, but look, it, what the arc ended uh, last month, early April, right? And after what fifty seven chapters, it was about four hundred and seventy some days of publication. In over 1,200 pages, Jutsu Kaisen's Shibuya incident arc did come to an end, and like I said, in early April-ish. And arguably, the series has been building for this since the very beginning. You know, we heard the they we heard mention of the plan to seal Satoru Gojo all the way back at the end of the Cursed Trainee arc, almost 30 years ago. And now that it's ended, the arc has become not only the series' longest, but also its most ambitious and probably the most important arc to date. Um, and like I said, as before I continue, this will have spoilers for Jujutsu Kaisen's manga up to chapter 136, so be wary of that. Um, but further preeminence is given to the Shibuya Incident arc because of its clear similarities to Hunter Hunter's Chimera Ant arc. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. you heard me right. And although the original author, Gige, um, Gige Akutami, has always more readily cited Yu Hakusho as their inspiration which he said in interviews before look it up um the links with togashi's other masterpiece mainly stemming from the cursed energy power system um have always been obvious and the shibuya incident arc meanwhile takes this to the next level 
you know, AP, not only the Chimera Ant's fixed uh, geographical and temporal nature, but also its domino-like narrative approach. And with this in mind, the big question is, was it worth it? Did it deliver after years of anticipation? Furthermore, does it measure up to the shonen pedigree that it so clearly holds itself up to? The answer is yes, yes, and yes. But not in the ways that you might expect. Now, the Shibuya Incident arc compared to the Chimera Ant arc. Is it a fair comparison? One of the biggest problems with trying to compare Jutsu Kaisen to Hunter Hunter is that the two series are actually very different beasts. And while there are certainly some surface level similarities, they both ultimately aim to be different types of stories. And it's possible to calculate with almost mathematical precision with who would win against who in Hunter x Hunter and why. But in Jutsu Kaisen, uh, they kind of prefer spectacle over consistency. Everyone is given unique powers in the form of cursed energy. So that Gege Akutami doesn't have to adhere to a set theme in the first place. And while Cursed Energy is certainly rooted in something akin to Nen, the outcome is a little different. You know, as an apples-to-apples comparison between the Shibuya Incident Arc and the Chimera Ant Arc isn't therefore possible, although a comparison is still worth making because we here at Weebcast like to do things difficult and we never do it big, never do it small. I mean, we never do it small. We always do it big. Thank you, uh, thank you, C Dub, for fucking that phrase up. God damn it. Let me let me get another sip of monster here. But if only to stress how monumental this arc truly is, Chimera Ant arc, and more specifically the Palace Invasion segment of that arc, is widely considered to be one of the Hunter Hunter's best arcs if not one of the best arcs in shonen manga history. Um, is, that, is that hot? That's not really a hot take, right? Nah, that's probably not. So comparing it to Shibuya Incident Arc creates some huge expectations, and I'm happy to say that it ends up fulfilling those in its own special way. And I'd like to start with, you know, it'd be impossible to try and examine Shibuya Incident Arc in isolation, you know, because manga is a serialized medium, after all, and Akutami took great pains to set it up, to set the story up beforehand, you know, most especially during the previous arc, Gojo's past, kind of delving into the strongest Juju Sorcerer's previous friendship with Sugoro Geto. Um, this lays out the basis for some revelations to come. Um, Toji Fushigoro also is first introduced here, being re- uh, revived later on. Um, the Shibuya Incident arc also initially begins by looking backwards. Suspicion as to whether there's a mole at the Juju High has been around ever since Mahito and the other cursed spirits found out about the Goodwill Festival. And in this first segment, we finally get our answer. Yeah, there's a mole. And it's Mechamaru. And picking picking Mechamaru, real name, uh, uh, Kokichi, Muta, right? As the trader was a great decision because it gives him so much more depth. He wasn't a bad character before, but in exchange for information, Mahito promised that he would use idol transfiguration to free Muta from his heavenly restriction. All he ever wanted was a body for his own to walk alongside his classmates. And it's not hard to empathize with Mechamaru's actions because 
even if he did put his comrades' lives in danger, they're intensely human, you know? And now moving on to <laughs> Gojo. And shout out to my friend, Aka. If you're listening to this, I'm going to be talking about your boy next. Um, I, I don't know where you... I'm, nah, I'm pretty sure you're caught up into the manga, Aka. But <laughs> I'm going to talk about Gojo here and, and the ceiling of Satoru Gojo. Uh, the struggle to seal Satoru Gojo is probably one of the series' best fights thus far because of one simple question. How does one defeat the strongest Jutsu sorcerer? The series has proved plenty of times in both words and actions that he's pretty goddamn strong. So we couldn't help but be a little intrigued, right? So, to start off, civilians on, civilians on either side of the tracks are pushed in, limiting Gojo's use of cursed techniques. Hanami, one of my, my favorite of the cursed spirits. Um, Go, uh, Jogo, almost said Gojo, but Jogo and Choso then all gang up on him at once, kind of forcing him to fight at full capacity while also surrounded by non-sorcerers. And this kind of prevent, presents like him... Presents him a dilemma. Does he risk getting killed or de determine that a few civilian casualties are ultimately worth it if it means defeating these dangerous foes? He eventually chooses the latter, supporting Mahito's later claim that there isn't much of a difference between his morality and that of Jutsu sorcerers. Even so, all the cursed spirits were trying to do was to buy time for Ghetto to prepare the prison realm. But it's not like they get away scot-free, though, because Hanami dies, for one, following a brilliant moment where Gojo deactivates his curse technique and relies on pure physical strength. And there's also his split-second deactivation of domain expansion, which Mojito copies later on. But when Ghetto finally enters the scene, it's immediately clear that something's a little off here, because... Gojo's eyes tell him that the man before him is indeed Suguru Geto, but his soul knows otherwise. He, he killed him one year ago after the night, uh, the night parade of a hundred demons, after all. The sheer shock of seeing Geto again is enough time, or at least enough to make time come crawling to a halt in Gojo's extraordinary brain, thus activating the brain, act, oh, I'm saying, what am I talking about? Activating the prison realm. His lingering regrets, therefore, seal his fate. And it's at this moment where the four teams stationed around Shibuya move into action. You know, leading to some excellent individual and team battles is great. And this is probably where the Shibuya incident arc most resembles the Chimera Ant arc. Like, we're asked to follow several different battles in several different specific locations that often intersect with one another. It feels like something Togashi could have written. And the first thing we... The first thing I have to discuss is Toji's resurrection. And to be honest, his return never felt exactly warranted. You know, he summoned accidentally. <laughs> and Granny Ogami and her band curse users, her band of curse users, had never been introduced up until this point. So it feels like Gege, Gege and Akatami just really liked the concept behind his character and really wanted to use him again you know whatever the consequences may be so admittedly he does play a really compelling role in the fight between kento nanami and uh naobito zenin maki megumi and the special grade uh cursed spirit dragon he shows maki very clearly the limits of her current power and what she could become 
given that they have the same heavenly restriction. But moreover, it's nice to see Megumi meet his father for the first time, even if he isn't aware of it. Uh, the fight with Dragon, I mean, with Dagon. Um, why did I say Dragon? Well, the fight with <laughs> Dagon is excellent. Uh, it, it, it's excellent in and of itself, not because Nanami and uh, Naobito end up losing their lives because of it, not that. But Choso versus Yuji Itadori has to be one of my favorite. The usage of the setting is is smart, it's genius. A public bathroom, by the way. And is perfectly encapsulate Itadori's character development thus far. He eventually loses, but not without a fair amount of struggling. Um, now, of course, we got to talk about the bomb that hit Shibuya and uh, uh, Sukuna's awakening. Because those two point are, are pretty pivotal in this arc as well. Greatness begets even more greatness. As Itadori's incapitation gives, or, you know, his moment of where, you know, he, you know, he lost, but, well, look, this gives way to Sukuna's awakening, and what is quite literally the most explosive part of the Shibuya incident. Earlier in chapter, I think it was 93, Akutami did a good job heightening, you know, highlighting the differences of opinion on Sukuna among the cursed spirits. Jogo wants to resurrect him. Mahito thinks it's ultimately un unnecessary. But they agree to compromise based on who encounters Itadori first. Once Jogo senses Sukuna's presence, he gotta, he's got to get there ASAP, right? And the only problem, problem is that he isn't the first to arrive on the scene. That'd be uh, Mimiko and Nanako Hasaba, uh, was it Hasaba, two of Ghetto's disciples from back in the day who distrust whoever is in the body right now. They want to feed Itadori's fingers and get uh, Sukuna to do their bidding, but quickly learn the hard way that no one gives orders to the King of Curses. So Sukuna's awakening feels like a moment akin to Miram's, you know, uh, Miram's entrance into the Chimera Ant arc, as it completely kind of changes the entire dynamics of the narrative and introduces a very explosive and volatile element to the mix. Granted, though, Sukuna doesn't end up being the final obstacle for a protagonist to overcome, that'd be Mahito, but that isn't readily apparent in the moment. It truly feels like anything could actually happen, and it kind of holds the entire arc on a knife's edge. Um, the feeling is established almost immediately when Sukuna mercilessly and without a second thought kills Mimiko and Nanako. Like another excellent narrative choice by Akatami is to become is to begin following a fight between I think it was Atsuya Kusakabe, Panda, and some of the cursed spirits, only for it to be interrupted by Sukuna, and we get a real sense of what it's like to be on the ground looking up at his power. And it's even funnier when you consider that Kusakabe wanted to avoid anyone fighting strong. You know, avoid anyone strong. Uh, Sukuna ends up killing countless civilians and the cursed spirit, uh, Jogo. But we take the last thing first. I, I don't think anyone could have imagined that Akutami would be able to make us feel sorry for old Volcano Head of all characters. 
but somehow he did. It's amazing how he does this. But when Sukuna remarks, stand proud, you're strong, and Jogo weeps for the first time, only the stone-hearted motherfuckers could refrain from shedding a little tear. Alright? Don't get... You were sad. You felt something. I know you did. But with regard to civilian casualties, this comes as a result of an intense fight with one of Megumi's uh, Shikigami that no single user of his curse technique has ever been able to defeat. The clash itself we won't d dwell on, but rather the effect that its fallout on Yuji Itadori's state of mind. Now, I gotta talk about Mahito versus Itadori in the Golden Age of Curses, alright? Especially that, that fight. Going into the final battle, Itadori's broken, you know? Witnessing the devastation wrecked on Shibuya by the cursed spirit that inhabits him, he vomits and remarks, At this rate, I'm nothing but a murderer. He doesn't even really believe that he deserves to be alive. And, and like I said, and going back to the Chimera Ant arc, you know, back to, this, back to the Chimera Ant arc and Hunter x Hunter, and making Sukuna into the final battle wouldn't really have made sense technically, like how would Itadori fight himself, but, or thematically, but it's ultimately Mojito that the protagonist hates ever since that versus Mojito arc. And capping off the Shibuya incident arc is a grudge match of epic proportions. No cap. Is there really that much of a difference between Itadori and Mahito, though? You know, like, you know, see that? What the hell are you talking about? As the cursed spirit remarks at one point during the fight, tell me, Yuji Itadori, have you ever stopped to count how many curses you've killed? Is there any real difference between the survival instincts of Jujutsu Sorcerers and Cursed Spirits? Both are fighting for their lives, after all. It all depends on which side you end up on. Why is it okay that Itadori can be the predator, while Mahito is the prey? Moral quandaries aside, two characters arrive during this fight to alter its course, and prevent it from turning into an incessant slugfest. Toto, who provides Itadori with a bit of inspiration, and Nobara, whose death serves to further darken Itadori's psyche. Um, Toto plays a good role, you know, especially when he fakes Mahito out with an acclamation of the soul. One of the best moments in the entire arc, by the way. But Nobara's sacrifice is robbed a bit of emotion by the later implication that she actually survived. Um, Mahito is only really saved from certain death at the hands of Itadori thanks to Ghetto, and who promptly absorbs him so that he can get access to his uh, idol transfiguration technique. This undoubtedly lays the basis for some sort of comeback in the future, but in the meantime, Ghetto drops some bombshells. First of all, he's not Ghetto. And he's just a he's just let loose a hundred malevolent Yuji Itadoris on Tokyo. And this setup sets up beautifully for the next arc, which I'll talk about at some time in the future. Um, but seeing the Shibuya incident arc out on a high note. Now, in hindsight, to be honest, I never, I don't think I've ever truly appreciated the Shibuya incident arc enough as it was being published week to week. I think I was just holding out too hard for another Chimera Ant arc. Do you blame me, though? And encouraged by the surface-level similarities at heart, though, 
Jujutsu Kaisen and Hunter x Hunter are very different stories. That much has already been discussed. But where the Shibuya Incident arc does ape the Chimera Inc. arc and it benefits from doing so though. However, it is in its fixed temporal and geographical nature. The idea of having all these characters fighting in one place at the same time is endlessly compelling. And it's fascinating to see how developments in high and different fights spill over and affect the overall situation. And stemming from this, it really does feel like anything could have happened. The Shibuya Incident arc is only Jutsu Kaisen's Chimera arc in terms of narrative and structure, not core identity or final execution. The two series are ultimately very different beasts, although the comparison is still worth making in my line. In hindsight, the Shibuya Incident arc probably is one of the best arcs published in Weekly Shonen Jump in a very long time, and it gets me even more excited for the series' future. Especially if it does Green Island next. <laughs> but you can read Jutsu Kaisen for free in Viz Media Shonen Jump app. Uh, make sure you guys do that. Make sure you guys get the app. I love the app still. I think I'm still paying. Yeah, I'm still paying for the app. God, it, it's such a good app. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So, when you think of podcasting, what do you think of, or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. But you've reached the end of Weebcast, the number one anime and manga show with your boy C-Dub, a.k.a. Marie, a.k.a. the Independent Variable. Uh, <clears throat> I hope you enjoyed this, my kind of analysis, review, review, uh, kind of review of the Shibuya Incident Arc and Jutsu Kaisen. And I do plan to talk about Jutsu Kaisen in the future. Um... I was just kind of, I'm just kind of waiting until maybe the, the current arc kind of wraps up and see where it's going and, and all that good and good and juicy stuff. I probably will eventually, probably next week, kind of talk about the latest two chapters because I do think they've been pretty mm, interesting to say the least. You know, I know they got the, they, they announced, I think Unique Low, a clothing company. Uh, announced that Jutsu Kaisen's that they they partnered up and, and they're going to release a line of clothing um, and there's also I think uh, Content Seed announced recently that Jutsu Kaisen Goods collaboration so there's a lot of things going on with this with this Shonen Jump IP and Giga Akatami um, has got a, you know it's got a bright future and this series has got a a lot of upside um, 
because people love the hell out of this manga and love the hell and they love the hell out of the manga both subbed and which by the way i've watched i've been watching the dub and it's very it's very it's very very good oh i underestimated the dub the dub is i dare i say it's almost as good as the part one naruto dub all the voices except maybe one or two are spot the hell on it's so you could watch it and not feel a thing doesn't feel cringy doesn't feel awkward or anything I don't, maybe it's the animation that's kind of smoothing that over for me but in either case the dub is spectacular i think it's one of the i think it's one of the better dubs that i've seen in the last half decade to be honest um but I have noticed that over these last few years, dubs of animes have been getting progressively more and more tolerable and getting a lot better. Um, I don't know quite the reason why I might have to do that. I've always wanted to do an episode on dubbing and subbing, <laughs> obviously, but just never had the time to do it. Uh, but I will eventually, I probably will do something. But um, as for the next episode, that's good. It's kind of up in the air. I may talk about more Jutsu Kaisen. I may review some manga in the next episode. Um, I may even do a uh, summer anime kind of preview thing. I, I eventually I'll do that anyway, either way. But I'm not sure what would be the next episode or not. What, what topic I do for the next week may be up in the air. Um, just because I, I just, I'm not, just not quite sure. Um, but but if, you, if you have, like I said, you are very welcome to send me topics and I'll do them. Whatever the topic is... I'll do an episode on it and you can submit topics on if you see me post on reddit you can submit topics directly to my email which is below at clw19 at mail.com you can submit topics to me on twitter which is uh base senpai or you can get submit topics on my instagram which is webcast tv all those places those are in the show notes in the show notes of this episode just check the description and you shoot me a message i will respond i always will respond if i don't send me another one i'll definitely get by the second message uh, which reminds me if you're listening to this episode wherever you p- podcast platform you're listening to make sure you rate it subscribe it and leave a review especially if you're listening to our apple podcast please if you're listening to our apple podcast um rate it subscribe to it and leave a review that really helps that really helps the podcast be uh help on the charts and so more people can get connected to the show and that's what it's all about it really helps small podcasts out thank you so much um, and thank you so much for just listening to this episode because i really enjoy doing this episode to be honest because i love me some juice kaisen i think it does a lot of things very smart and i want to talk about it more in the future and and basically maybe get on maybe get a guest on the show to talk about it as well um bounce some ideas around about what it's about its future and its ending um, not, not like I know, not like I believe this is going to be ending anytime soon, um, or do I? But um, thank, like I said, thank you for allowing my voice into your ears, into your homes. Please share this episode to with anybody, or share the podcast with people, with your friends or family, or anybody who's who loves a little bit of anime and manga content, um, who loves to hear a manga head talk to a bunch of strangers on the internet and on a podcast. <laughs> they're greatly appreciated but uh there are definitely other ways you can support the um the podcast you can send a donation straight through anchor if you listen to us on anchor there's an anchor support link in the show notes as well there's also my patreon 
to this show which directly supports the show and get episodes early submit topics you can get on the show do live shows and all that good stuff make sure you check out the patreon and see if you like those perks you can support at as little as a dollar as a dollar a month um and it would be greatly and greatly improve the show um in the future um those are ways you could support as well um eventually i will be putting my paypal in the show notes if you don't see it in this episode you'll probably see it in next week's episode if you just want to surrender uh send a direct um donation straight to my paypal um if you don't want to deal with patreon or anchor support um you can just send a straight to my paypal which i'll have in the show notes either in this episode or next episode uh, but i think that's it i don't know if there's any more anything loose ends if i did forget well i forgot and <laughs> but like i said this has been webcast number one anime and manga show on the internet and this has been your boy c-dub i am audi 3000 see ya